Hello, world. What is up? Welcome to Build at Home. I'm your host, Matt Forte, and I'm coming to you from my home, as is our next guest, uh, who I'm beyond thrilled to talk to. But first, uh, before we get started, something incredibly important. Uh, kids in need have missed more than 704 million meals due to school closures. With NoKidHungry.org, we're helping schools and community groups find new ways to feed these kids, but we need your support. Uh, if you're watching this and you happen to be someone in a position to give a little bit, because I know it's not the case for everybody right now, but if you are that person, uh, then I'd urge you to take a look at NoKidHungry.org, see all the amazing work that they're doing over there, and, and help us feed these kids, all right? Uh, thanks, guys. Okay, let's get the show on the road. Uh, for nearly three decades, our next guest and his band have been a perennial presence in the annals of rock music. Their newest album, The Kingdom, is due later this year, but you can catch the video for their latest single, Flowers on a Grave, right now. Please welcome to the show the lead singer of Bush, the great, the one, the only, Gavin Rossdale, everybody. Gavin, how you doing, sir? I'm good. How you doing? I'm I'm hanging in there. Like I said, I'm I'm as close to as one can be normal right now. This is the closest I get, so I'm all right. And thank you for asking. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the the new music and everything you got going on. But first and foremost, just how how are you holding up? How's quarantine life treating you, man? What's it like being stuck inside over there? Are you doing all right? Um, yeah, I think it's 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 okay. You know, it's weird because uh, for us, we're not on the front lines. And I think that when you're dealing with it from the hospitals and the doctors and the nurses and uh, whatever, first responders, grocery workers, all those things, you know, they're the ones who are really in it. And I feel luxuriously sequestered yeah. and kept away. So just trying to do my bit, you know? Yeah, 100%. That's something we've all been talking about is that uh, we're just grateful that uh, we're able to some of us can still work from home and all that sort of stuff and just uh, thankful to all the people that are really, really in it and living it out there. Uh, outside of the occasional live streams, concerts that I've seen you do a couple already, uh, how have you been filling the hours of the day? Are you watching anything? Are you reading anything? Are you, are you writing music? What's going on there? Um, just, you know, all of the above. I mean, not so much writing, just practicing yeah. and working and, uh, you know, seeing that what's going on out there and just like everyone, you know, starting yeah. books and not finishing and uh, starting movies I fall asleep in, you know, all the healthy stuff you do. The you usual know. stuff. Yeah, it's good, man. I've been asking every artist this, and I understand that it may be way too soon to really tell, but have you started to see any of this incredibly crazy, scary time impact how you behave creatively or, or influence how you approach being creative? Have you not even felt the ability to be creative right now? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I'm, I have a really ancient job. And so my, my job is just, um, complaining to music, uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, my perspective on stuff with music. So it doesn't really change too much. I think that what happens is that, um, definitely, you know, lament just the, the freedom, the ability yeah. we had to just move around and go on tour and be free in our own lives, whatever we did. And, yeah. that's the most jarring thing is to have that 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 liberty taken away and um and also just you know coming across other people and just hanging out and going to a restaurant and going to a bar you know those kind of things that we just took so much for granted yeah um i find that really challenging you know yeah a hundred percent uh i love the uh description of complaining to music which is pretty funny I've never... <laughs> Uh, you performed recently part of the uh, Together at Home series, and, and you've done a, a couple of live performances from home. And you know, I've talked to Jewel and a couple other artists about this. You know, especially you, man. You've played festivals and stadiums for for years. What's it been like doing all these at home concerts now, and, and having to perform for massive audiences, but you know, through screens? Like, how's how's that been? Is that weird? Well, I mean, I wasn't even performing to anyone. I mean, you know, um, just 
forming out into the ether, into the camera, right. like talking now. So just sort of in this isolated sense. But really, I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty darn easy street, really. Uh, obviously, we live off of applause. We like applause. So weird to not have applause, but but uh, that's okay. It's probably good for us to, to perform and not have that for a minute. So, uh, yeah, it's been, I mean, literally not a problem. I found that when I've done the live ones, you know, you do, I've done shows where I do like five songs in a row and you kind of get through and that's okay. And then in, I'm in the middle of one now. I'm just meant to send some stuff to, to England for an um, online magazine there, uh, Kerrang. And it's oh, yeah. funny when you can, when you get the chance to stop the video, I, I'm doing it all the time. It's like, I don't like that song. <laughs> stop again. So that's been a bit sort of humorous for me um yeah. it takes me a bit longer like that but um you know i mean is this the new way is this what it's going to be going to tour like this now i'm going to do a tour of my house this is me from the kitchen and now i'm going to sing the the encore from the bathroom, the bathroom and finish yeah. up in the hot tub the the last final encore is in the hot tub yeah it has to be where else how do you end a show if not in the hot tub i can see the t-shirts now uh with all the dates the timestamps in the different rooms actually <laughs> I think so. I think we're on to something. Have you, were you always like that? Uh, you talk about like, now that you can see the video and you can go back and like, well, I don't like that one. I want to redo it. Whenever you've pro produced your music and worked in the studio, have you been that way as well? Sort of a perfectionist and, and, and taking those opportunities when you have them to, I don't like that. I'm going to redo it. I'm going to redo it. Yeah, I have a very, I have a punitive superego. So therefore I'm always looking to, uh, repair and, and get things right. And, uh, I don't see any problem with um, perfectionism as just simply a, a system to make you better. You know, no one ever gets yeah. perfect, so you just you just you just aim for better. Right. Uh, well, I ask all of those you know performance questions on the heels of I just was I was revisiting and watching you guys released a couple of days ago a trailer for uh, this this live in Tampa Blu-ray that you've got coming out, and it's just there's something so surreal now of of watching like huge live performances and concert shows recontextualized with like the world that we're in, you know, have you guys talked at all about like, what, what do you think shows are going to look like when this all comes back? And when we get to the other side of this thing, have you guys started those conversations yet of like, what does Absolutely. this show even look like now? Well, I think we're going to get to finally play stadiums. Even if we're going to play this 10,000 people, um, it'll be, they'll be in stadiums with clearly demarked lines and, you know, masks yeah. for everyone and uh, temperature taking booths. And um, I don't know. It's, the weird thing I think about it is that um, music is the first thing that people turn to to provide the sign, soundtrack for whatever they're going through. Mm. And ironically, we're going to be the last. So, that, you know, this pandemic is going on and people are freaked out. So they, they play music and they have freedom with that. But then, unfortunately for us musicians, I don't know when we're going to be able to play live again. And I really, right. I personally, if it's within a year, I'd be shocked. Right. I mean, yeah. it really... You know, life is going to come back to normal. It has to. But um, I think that the, the live recording and getting together is going to be the final piece right. of the puzzle. So yeah, that kind of makes me sad. That's a bit sad for me because I do love it. But, um, you know, my non-touring uh, loss is my kids' gain. So they'll be like, right. yeah, dad's home forever. Old thing. How are they doing, man? I, it looks like you're you're holding up uh, decent enough, and the kids are doing all right. How are they handling all of this nonsense? Uh, they're good. They spent the first couple of weeks with me, first two weeks with me, and now they're um, holed up on a ranch in uh, somewhere in Oklahoma. So nice. they are safe and um, sequestered. So that's the main thing. And 
uh, that first couple of weeks was quite difficult to do my work and quite difficult to do anything outside of what they needed, which is fine by me. But yeah. then as we share them, they went to the other side and um, I was free to record and sing. Nice. Uh, you know, you mentioned just prior to this about, you know, music having sort of therapeutic abilities. It's what people turn to. Uh, you just released uh, through Spin, I think it was, this really great Don't Go Outside playlist with a lot of awesome music in there. Is is there an artist in particular or a record uh, specifically for you that over the years you've consistently gone back to as sort of like a security blanket or like a spot of comfort? Like you could always trust this artist to be there or this record to do it for you. Yeah, loads. I mean, yeah. it can go from System of a Down to Bob Dylan to Patti Smith. Yeah. REM, you know, Radiohead. Yeah. You know, I really like the Oclu, which is, uh, who's a French um, DJ remixer, and he's amazing. I get lost to his stuff. I really like kind of twisted, broken uh, R&B. I like enough. that, yeah. Very, very I mean, cool. I really like that. I don't. I really don't like the traditional R&B. That's not my uh, bag at all. But yeah. uh, they're kind of, you know, tricked out, broken smashed up or clue you know how'd you uh Shit. how'd you come upon that and get exposed to that how'd you find out that was something you were really into um well i suppose just you know you can go into these deep holes i, I use beatport um i haven't done for a bit but i used to find a lot of interesting weird mixes on beatport yeah i uh love going in deep holes on, on streaming services and um I suppose it began with Pandora, where you just would, you put in one song and then you get in, in those algorithms of that world. Yeah. And uh, I love going way deep. And um, this one girl, Poppy, who, in fact, did that song, Don't Go Outside, which feels like it was written for the pandemic. Right. I've been enjoying her a lot. And it's a really nice mixture of cool, interesting, breathy vocals with like super hard music. Mm -hmm. It's a great sure. combination. Yeah. She's on uh, on that playlist, as like I said, a lot of other great stuff. Well, uh, we're not done. We got a bunch of other stuff that we're going to talk about. But just again, I'm I'm super excited to to hear that you and the kids and everybody are doing all right and hanging in there, man. That's that's what matters these days, and I'm I'm happy to hear that. And thank, thank you, you for sharing what's going on around there. Uh, let's talk about some of this new music you got going on. Uh, the video "Flowers on a Grave." Uh, it, the video is fantastic. It, it appears as though it's all sort of in one take, which I assume mm -hmm. some of that's got to be uh, some, some editing. But a lot of it looks like it was done on set in camera. How I don't. We don't have the budget anymore to 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 do cuts in a one take video. You know, doesn't we don't roll on that. It's not the nineties anymore. There's no, you know, there's no. Oh, God, do I get to keep this seven thousand dollar wardrobe selection I've got? Yeah, absolutely. Now it's like, can you bring four t shirts? And have you got anything in red? Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I'll so, take a look around the house. I'll see what I got. Did you guys yeah. do that? All was that all done in camera? Or a majority yeah. of that? No yeah. way. No, it was all whole thing. I mean, the whole thing. I think is. It's one take. I mean, there was talk of one shot when I come through the mirror. Yeah. Maybe that could be an edit point, but I don't know. This is the same guy I've worked with for a long time, Jesse mm -hmm. Davey, and um, he he doesn't – I don't really change any of his edits. Um, ironically, in this video, there isn't an edit, but uh, I don't change much in his work. Mm -hmm. So um, he sent the video as it is, and I was like, that's amazing. And That's he's like, it. wow, okay, yeah. So we did rehearse it. When I heard it was a one-take video, um, I couldn't help it. The kind of lazy 
school kid of me was like, oh, great. We'll be like 15 minutes on the video set. <laughs> and I was wondering, I was planning my night, what I was going to be doing after the video. And we rehearsed from, got there at four. I think we rehearsed like six until 10.30. And then we shot from like 11 until 4, 10 in the morning. It's a long day. And it's a long one. But, it, you know, it was, it was a lot of pieces, a lot of great energy from different sources. And being the singer and guitar player in the band, you know, I don't want to, um, I can't complain. You know, other yeah. people were there. It's, you know, who putting so much into it and they don't get nearly as much out of it, you know, because that goes for me forever and they move on and go light something else. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm always mindful of that. I don't yeah. like complainers on sets. You know, I've done lots of movies and my first movie was an ensemble cast called a movie called The Game of Their Lives. And I just saw the biggest, um, madness and confusion and, hilarity and it just it really taught me so much about being on a movie set which is that same as a video set same as tv set it's a small part of a big big uh, yeah. organization just know your lines know your job shut up don't complain and don't bitch about anyone right. because you just hear people bitching and moaning about everyone on ensemble pieces and it's just it's it's amazing so I learned a lot out of, off of that movie, basically of how not to be in the most hilarious way. <laughs> it's an important thing to learn, man. Yeah, it really, it really feel, is. You know? Does it when you're doing something like the the one take, and you guys have practiced that and all that, and it, and there's so many moving pieces, and it's kind of like this Rube Goldberg esque uh, domino effect. Each thing affects the next. Does it almost feel when you're filming it like a, like a live theater piece, like a, like its own live performance, because so much has to happen? It feels like you get to the three quarters in and you just think in your head what the next part is whilst another part is going don't fuck this up <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's all you're hearing like, it was a slight you can't help it if you're like you yeah. know six to take take in and like the wheelchair has to hit you perfectly to hit the downbeat of the next section to going in you're willing that then they pass him you know all those yeah. different pieces that you had the chelsea uh, the beautiful dancer that danced with me should do this like flip and it's cuts me quite close to me and then dancing around me so there's all these like mini milestones that you're aware of that you want to get right and yet at the same time you want to be free and loose and not yeah. not overthinking your part in it you know right and not taking yourself out of the moment but you're a bit like let me get that right. Can I pull the doors right? You know, those things. You just, you just know the beats you're in. and Yeah. Funny. yeah. You just kind of have to feel it. Uh, yeah. Well, the video is amazing. The song's amazing. I was reading something really interesting uh, that I, I think I understood this right. It's, it's one of two songs that weren't a part of the original sort of vision for this record. You had written it. It was done. And you submitted it. And then, like, you were told, hey, we want two more songs. And we we got this song, and then the the title track for the record as well came out of that. Is that yeah. did I get that right? Is that kind of the chain of events? That is it. That is it. I got I got uh, Jimmy Iovine. Jimmy Iovine created this Jimmy Jail scenario where you put in a record, you you deliver a record, and then just before you're going to bring it out, they go and how about two more songs? And um, it's just a record company standard thing, and it it's incredible because it really your ego takes a beat down and you can't believe this happening and yet at the same time there's part of you that says 
they could be right. Right. And then another part goes, oh man, if I <laughs> deliver something really good, um, I'm going to prove they're right. And so it's a really good lesson in humility sure. and perseverance, tenacity, and not taking things personally. Right. And which, of course, everyone finds really difficult. And so for two days, I was really mad about it. But I think there was something beautiful in it because it just gave me a chance to do something else, you know. Uh, and so I sat down in my bedroom here at my house because I gave up my studio and wrote a song using my old drum machine, a guitar, and um, just sat there and, and just did it. It was it was a fun experience. And then the other song, The Kingdom, that yielded the idea of what the whole record encompassed. So right. I suddenly got this epiphany about this, this place called The Kingdom, which is a place for like-minded individuals, a tribe, a mentality, uh, a mindset free of judgment, free of hatred, free of free of self-righteousness, which I thought was really the pandemic that we previously were suffering from. Right. And it really encapsulated that to me. And it took the whole thing of me being in this counterculture world, this different world of, of rock music. And even though people say no one cares about rock music in the way they used to, in some ways it's definitely not the mainstream. But then you go to play to, you know, 300,000 people a summer. So you go, some people like it. So yeah. it's weird that then we came into this true, real, grotesque pandemic that we're in at now. And one thing that people kept on talking about is what will we be like when we return? You know, are we full of um, redemption? Have we forgiven each other? Have we forgiven ourselves? Are we, who are we now? And so it really played into that. And so it just further bolstered this whole idea of a kingdom is this, this mindset place that I want everyone to, I want to meet yeah. everyone at, you know, when this is all said and done. Yeah, I, I was reading about uh, that, that story and, and sort of the inspiration behind it and how it was very much a reaction to the world as it was at the time that you wrote it. So it's like, for me, I can't wait for this record to come out because I'm curious to see how all of that sort of sits in yeah. this world now, right? And like sort of mm -hmm. recontextualized by everything that we're going on and just sort of what space it sits in now and just how those those lyrics sort of th through this lens, what they turn out to mean now. I'm really excited. For yeah, because what it is really is that they they absolutely will resonate mm -hmm. and what it is is that you hope the greatest thing could happen is that we remove the film the 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 diffusion that we had over ourselves and we go back to a more uh primal uh, appreciative appreciative state of mind that we probably got lost in in the shuffle of yeah. of social media and success and and uh climbing whatever ladder we've put in front of ourselves you know work-wise and career-wise and socially and all those things that lead us down bad paths of insecurity and disillusionment um it'd be fantastic to have uh people on our shows who get to know this record and, and take to heart yeah. the idea that since we're in it together we might as well be cool to each other and since we're in it together less um terrible to each other would be an incredible form of progress for sure um i gotta wrap things up and i gotta let you go because you're a very busy dude you got other stuff to go 
uh, finish and work on, and I respect that. I want to thank you for uh, taking time to hang out with me, man, and talk to us on. No, I enjoyed today. it. Thank you so much. It's so nice to have you here. I want to remind everybody: "Flowers on a Grave." Uh, the single is available now. The video's out there right now. Keep an eye out for uh, the the Kingdom, which is coming uh, a little bit later this year. Um, and again, this is all great, but uh, super happy that you're doing well. The kids are doing well, and everybody's safe. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here, guys? No, no, I look forward to seeing everyone in real, real time, real life when we're back out there. And, um, you know, you'll be safe out there. Same, man. I can't wait to come see a show when this all blows over. Thanks again. Wherever you guys are, thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. Uh, make some noise, even if you're just sitting in a room alone, and celebrate Gavin Ross, Dale, and Bush here, man. Thanks, everybody. 